0: Hey, this is Chad Russell and Kurt Sauter, and we are having a bonus segment today with Dan Webster, and if you missed our show in its entirety, you can listen to uh, the podcast, which you're listening to now, but the other segments of that. Uh, This is just a bonus segment. This is not on the radio, so uh, we can cuss and carry on all we want because (laughs) No, we're not going to do that. But anyway, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, the topic of being unstuck and uh, how that Role has played out in Dan's life, and how that can play out in the man life of any man. So,
1: okay, Dan, getting unstuck for you personally, mm-hmm. you you had to create a space. What what are and then a space so that God could speak into that,
2: and other godly people sure. could speak yeah. into that. Yeah. Um, can, I needed I I needed to uh, I needed to stop. Uh, wh- I needed to stop whining. I needed to stop. Uh, you know, complaining. I needed to stop feeling woe is me, and what I needed to do is I needed to okay. Uh, I can either you know like gripe about all this stuff, or I can choose to grow up. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to become curious, and I'm going to wonder what is all, what does all this mean? Is there purpose behind the misery that I'm feeling? And so that's where you you know in in the book Unstuck we talk about. All of us want to have traction in life. We all want to feel like we're moving ahead physically, relationally, vocationally, spiritually. You know, and so when you get stuck, what's a formula that can move you towards traction? So we actually have in the story a traction formula where we talk about introspection plus redirection plus action equals traction. And so it's in the introspection phase when you recognize, okay, if I want to drive my life to New York and I'm, on a highway headed towards Los Angeles, I, I gotta stop the car. I'm going in the wrong direction. You awaken to the areas of your life where you're going in the wrong direction during the introspection phase. Whether that's you know relationally or vocationally or morally or ethically or physically. I mean, you, you, you become honest with yourself. You say, this is the truth about me. I'm not sure exactly how to move, but I'm gonna admit that I'm headed towards Los Angeles and I wanna go to New York. So. You take your foot off the gas, but you're still, you haven't turned the car around. And so taking your foot off the gas is a good thing, but then you've got to turn the car around. That's the whole redirection thing. I love what, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is so incredibly famous. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Well, the next verse says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It'll be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. And so if, when you're in a time of quiet and you recognize, now I may not be jumping into evil, but the direction that I'm headed is not the direction that God wants me to go. So I've got to turn from that. I have to redirect, so I've got to turn around. And now the car is headed towards New York, but we don't have a foot on the gas. And so then you ask yourself, okay, what is the right step? What's the first right action that I need to take to begin to move in the direction of heading to New York? So that's the action step. So it's introspection where you assess your life. You do what King David did in Psalm 26. You do what Paul told Timothy in uh, 1 Timothy 4.16, pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching so paying close attention to yourself was beneath the waterline and to his teaching was the expression of a spiritual gift above the waterline and so it's not that we become self ish it's that we pay attention to what is the movement of god inside of us Mm. and so that whole introspection phase uh you know if it has to do with vocationally or whatever when we talk about spiritual formation this is incredibly important because even if you don't feel generally stuck in life The Holy Spirit of God is always moving men from something to something. And so if we never slow down, if we don't introspect, if we don't quiet ourselves, if we don't develop rhythms in our life to be able to pay attention to what God's saying, then we will not hear, we will not discern where is God at work inside of me and how do I surrender to that and what is the right step to take to move in the direction he wants me to go. So introspection plus redirection plus action leads to traction in any area of your life. And the story in the book Unstuck is about George, who has hit midlife and he's he's stuck. He's miserable. He's successful. He's got a lot of money, and a couple of the uh, things happen in that. There are a lot of other people who all figure out they develop they they rally the courage to become curious. They get honest about where they are. They recognize. They have to redirect their lives and they recognize what are first simple steps to take that are actions that'll move me in the direction of having traction and momentum in my life. Mm. And as you take those small action steps, you plant seeds that are gonna result in having momentum and traction. And that's that's what happens. And so when mm. a person comes for a personal leadership summit with myself, you know, what we do is we spend the entire first day Slowing down and looking at their life. Looking and at their past. Looking, well, we look at them holistically mm-hmm. because w- w- what we want to do, part of the introspection phase, part of kind of, you know, is to recognize um, before I'm going to make like a major vocational decision or a major shift in my life, I need to have perspective. You know, JJ Brazil, a surprise Prize winning novelist, said that perspective increases your decision making IQ 50 points. And so how does a person gain perspective? Well, what Tom taught us in the uh, life planning process is that when he, uh, he was an ambassador to China during the Reagan administration. And he talked about how Asians tend to make decisions far better than us Western people. And he said, usually Western uh, are very linear in their decision making process. He said, Asians are are different. It's like if you have a pencil and you turn a pencil up vertical so that the eraser is pointing towards a ceiling. And that represents a person's life. He says, if you're going to gain perspective, what you want to do, or if you're going to, or if that pencil represents a problem, what you want to do is you want to circle the problem and look at it from multiple orientations, and as you do, you increase elevation until eventually you're you're right above the pencil, looking down on it. At that point, you have perspective. You've you have, uh, another metaphor would be you get in a tram and you go up the, uh, and you look over the valley floor of Palm Springs and you can see the valley floor of Palm Springs because you have gone up 12,000 feet and you're standing at the top of a mountain. If you're on the valley floor, you don't have perspective. If you're on the top of the mountain, you do. And so one of the gifts of a life plan is that we do different modules that enable a man to, we circle a man's life. Mm-hmm. We get the truth of who he is out on the walls and we listen to it. A lot of listening happens as we do this introspection phase, and it's just not a listening to the data. There is a lot of data that comes up, a lot of things that have happened in a man's life. But part of the introspection process, part of the life planning process, is to listen to the voice of God. Because we're looking for that spiritual witness, because there is a dance between, you know, the Spirit of God directing our lives and, recognizing that I have hardwired in me DNA that has talents and I have interests and I have passions and stuff like that. And so how do I, what What does the dance look like to discern that I know I have no math aptitude so I probably shouldn't be an engineer? It, You know, I mean, it would be foolish for me to pursue that. But there may be many other things that I, I may be a creative. So how does the Holy Spirit lead us as we listen to God, as we become curious about our lives and how do we integrate uh, the listening between this is true data-wise concerning this person's life, and this is what we feel like the voice of God is saying to us during the day, and what am I sensing? So we listen, you know, you listen to how you're feeling as you share, we listen to the voice of God, we listen to the data. You know, I try to listen to all that stuff, and then and we- tr- And also, you also bring in your wife many times. Oh yeah, we have, Judy has lunch with us, and you know, I uh, trust her. I, you know, get a, what did you did you have a sense of uh, did you sense anything? And so, uh, but it is, it's a combination. Uh-huh. And to, uh, it, it, life is incredibly mysterious, is it not? Uh-huh. Uh, it's just incredibly mysterious. And to try to, um, there are some things that are crystal clear concerning what is the will of God for me, um, you know, as far as some decisions. But how my life can play itself out in human existence, there's multiple applications of me and so how do I discern what is the will of God? How do I not get stuck in old patterns? You know, and, and we have found that if, if the kind of my core reality is that I'm humble, there's room inside of me, I'm honest, and I really do want to mature, become a mature man. If I come to introspection with that mentality, and if I then recognize one of the, um, one other little insight here. Uh, Dr. Henry Cloud had an, had an incredible uh, thought on um, how leaders grow, how men grow. Mm-hmm. And he said that it, that leaders, men grow. Uh, its Growth is contextual, which means that if you drop any one of us into an environment within which we carry responsibility, whether that's in the marketplace, as a husband, as a dad, or whatever... Um, And we can think about it concerning the people we lead, our kids or whatever. We can think about ourselves. But let's just say you're at work and you're a young leader. And sooner or later, if you carry responsibility, the breakups and your makeup are going to surface. Kind of sounds like the beginning of a bad rap song, the breakups and your makeup. (laughs) But what, what that means is that because we, are, because we are sinful men, you know, we live in a fallen world, we all grow up in homes that, where there's, uh, that aren't perfect, and we carry stuff and brokenness into our adult life, that sooner or later we get exposed for an area of needed growth. And, uh, and what I say is that truth comes knocking on your forehead, and it's staring you in the face. And Henry says that you have a choice at that point. And I think this is incredibly profound, simple but profound. He said, when there's some needed area of growth that has surfaced, as a man, you can look at that, and you're going to say, you're going to give me grief about that in comparison to Chad's life? Come on. Look at him. Look at that dude. I'm doing great in comparison to him. Or, you know what? I've been working like 75 hours a week for the last three months. I think I deserve a little break. Why don't you get off my back? Or... If you knew the family I grew up in, you should be glad I haven't murdered you yet. It was so dysfunctional. I mean, there are a thousand mistakes. And what Cloud says is that when truth comes knocking and there's an area of needed growth, if we if we do anything but say thank you and accept it, we take a step towards becoming a less integrous man. Mm. And what happens in a man's life if he set, creates a pattern Where he becomes militantly resistant to personal growth and to truth penetrating his life, you walk to the, you keep taking steps to the left, and you will end. You can wear a twenty thousand dollar suit and be an evil human being. On the other hand, Henry says, if when truth is knocking on your forehead, and if you have the fiber of character to say, okay, this isn't comfortable, you know,
1: Uh, this is not easy to hear. This is
2: not easy to hear, and maybe fifty percent of this is just people's opinion. Because everyone's got an opinion about everything. But you sort through that and you get to the core. No, this is an issue. This is an area I need to grow in. If I will welcome that, then what I do is I metabolize that truth into my character and I take a step towards becoming a more integrous man. And I walk the other direction. And you can, here's the bite of it, is that we all know what it's like to to make excuses and to hide or to lie and to move to the left. You know, and hopefully we... Uh, we confess. You know, we regularly have communion. We, you know, uh, daily we keep short sin accounts. We have brothers that hold us accountable so that we don't wander too far to the left. But here's the deal: is you can set up a pattern of saying, you know, thank you for this opportunity to grow. <laughs> you know, this is painful, but it's a good thing. And you, you, can take steps towards integrity this month, next month, a year from now. Five, you can, you can create a pattern of moving towards, of being an integrous man for 15 years and it does not guarantee tomorrow you won't raise your middle finger to heaven and walk to the left. Mm. And every guy that I've known who all of a sudden it gets exposed that they've uh, had impropriety financially or they've been involved uh, in an illegitimate sex relationship or something like that, even though they look it on the surface, you will always find out, you trace the thing back and there's a pattern of walking
1: away. When they hear the truth, when they are confronted with the voice of God or the voice of others, and and they need to be, they need to deal with it, they don't.
2: That's right. That's that's the whole thing. They hide or they pretend or they make excuses or whatever. It, it's a it's a difficult thing to uh, to you know. When Jesus said, "I want you to be mature. I want you to grow up." Mm. That's a hard thing. That means that I uh, we make...
1: we we have to regularly put ourselves in a place where we can hear the voice of God and the voice of others, and and God uses the the voices of others: our wives, our kids, our close friends, accountability, uh, speaking hard things, speaking things that are difficult to hear, and and we we've got to embrace that.
2: Yeah, we do. You know, and I mean, we're planning. It's like we're communicating that all of life is difficult and we live in the introspection phase. There's no joy. Oh, my gosh. You know, hopefully that's not true of our lives. Hopefully, as as we mature as men, we we celebrate every day. We celebrate the wonder of life and the joy of being with people. And, and uh, you know, and, and we engage. We, we enter life with joy. But we also are honest with, we have this habitual pattern of being honest with ourselves, mm-hmm. and we regularly slow down like King David did, and we give God permission to look through us, to, to see us totally, and, uh, and we listen to what our lives are saying, and we are honest at places where we're stuck, and we seek out the counsel and the prayer and the help of people who might – sometimes, you know, if, if we're stuck physically and we realize, okay, I, I'm – you know, i got to stop eating a half a cheesecake three times a week. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm having misery there. Well, that's an easy redirect, and then you take steps in action. You get traction physically. If you want to prepare for a 5K or a 10K, there are really simple things to do. If you establish a pattern of dishonesty, well, you know, to, to recognize that's true, to redirect and to take action, maybe you've got to have a friend in, in your life that once a week says to you, have you lied to anybody? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I've worked with leaders who, who have developed a militant resistance to honesty in their lives. And they, they get to bad places. And I've, I've had some really difficult, frustrating times when, when I have I, I've been unable to help a man get unstuck. They're ju- they just dig their feet in, and the answer to every problem in his life is outside the room. It's someone else. And that's a really uh, – it's a sad place to get. Uh, it's a sad place to be because you, you can't help so.
0: Mm. Yeah, so I got a question, Dan. When I hear all of this, there's two ways to screw anything up, too much, too little. And one person could look at this and hear this and go, you know, some people can say, I'm going to plan my whole life down to the, to the letter. And that's one way you're just fooling yourself. There are some aspects of your life. You can plan all you want. God's going to change those plans or whatever it is, circumstances, health, whatever. Sure. But then the other side of it could be a guy who says, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. This sounds like an awful lot of planning that I'm doing. Shouldn't God be planning my life? Am I taking the reins out of God's hands by doing too much planning?
2: What would you say? Well, to and I think you could, you could probably make mistakes on either side, couldn't right. you? Yeah. Uh, there, are, there are people uh, who I... Um, it's like when I talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, there's this long continuum of belief. There are people on one of the continuum that are very suspicious of the ministry of the Spirit and don't listen to the voice of God. They're very factual, kind of left-brained. And then you have other brothers and sisters who are very right-brained and very they, they get a leading from God, a word from God about everything in life. And I mean, both of those extremes can be trouble. So in this situation I I think that the theme of Scripture is that we are to steward our lives. We're to honor God through our lives. How do I do that? What does that mean for me? How do I follow the will of God? Well much of the will of God is revealed in the truth of Scripture. But, But the truth of Scripture doesn't say become an accountant, become a dentist, do this, do that. And so we recognize the principle of Psalm 139 is that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Well what does it mean for me to to pay attention to who God has made me to be. That's what the book Finding Your Way is all about, is there is a process to go through. We can look back, look in, look up, look out in order to get our arms around, what are the patterns in my life? What are the things of interest? I have three sons who are all growing. All three of them are completely different in completely different vocations. And one of my passions as a dad was as they grew up was to study them, not to force them into my image, but I wanted to pay attention to when do they legitimately wake up? What, ha, what are legitimate interests? And, you know, I have a conviction that I think God would love for us to, when, when we talk about sustaining contribution, sustaining work, when you are in uh, what people would call your sweet spot, if you're touching the planet out of, uh, you know, in areas that are of interest to you and out of your talents, there is a sustaining energy that comes back to you which enables you to make your contribution over a long period of time. When you are trying, if you're in a vocation that is outside of who you're made to be, people talk about being wired up in in certain ways, then that's gonna be erosive. And one of my mentors, Parker Palmer, he says that most people today in the marketplace that are depressed are not depressed because they have a biochemical imbalance, they're depressed because they go to work every day and they try to give the world what they don't have. Mm. And so that's a miserable thing. And so I think that there is, I think that there's a healthy process to go through. I I wish every high school kid in America, every college kid in America could read Finding Your Way. I think every young person on the planet needs an adult who loves them, who watches them, who sees them, who understands them, who dialogues with them honestly about what is interesting to them and helps guide them through a process that will help a kid get their arms around who they are. I mean, I sat with, with, uh, we could go do a whole other session on, on uh, conversations I've had with, with my kids and their friends about trying to figure out who am I and what should I do. I had an incredible conversation with my youngest son and uh, five of his Michigan State seniors one time. Uh, and one of the girls said, "You know, I've spent all of my parents' money, all of my money. I'm a senior at Michigan State. I don't have, no, I don't have any idea what I wanna do with my life. Well, I helped her. There's a process that Katie could walk through. She could listen to her, she could look back, she could look in, she could look up, she could look out. We could walk her through a process that would help her get her arms around there. And so you know, I think that it's a both end. I think to, help, to have process that helps me discern who I am, how God has made me, and how do I develop that, and then to have healthy disciplines of listening to the Spirit of God, of paying attention to the landscape of my life, and then to do that dance to integrate those two things knowing i mean for me i thought i would be a director of student ministry the rest of my life i thought i was going to be a lifer and it was my stop sign and my inability to keep doing that work that had once had given me energy for 20 years that opened my heart to say okay what's going on here is there a different work that god has been preparing and my whole life story could point me towards and so I did a lot of introspection, a lot of assessing, a lot of getting my arms around facts, and then I surrendered all that to the voice of God and tried to integrate those two things to push into the future.
0: Mm. Mm. You know, it's funny—we live in a world that is the exact opposite of everything we've just talked about. It is steeped in in shallowness, childlikeness, childishness—I should say. Yep. Men, we are in a culture that wants to point us in the direction of staying a child. Mm. Well, that's why entertainment.
1: That's why the Apostle Everything. Paul says he says when I was a child I thought like a child I reasoned like a child but when I became a man I had to put childish ways behind me. Yeah. There's a reason why he says that. Yeah. It's because us guys would like to live in the childness.
2: Yeah. Well, we know we know, you know, 50-year-old men that are still boys and we know 18-year-old Boys that are men, mm-hmm.
1: you know, that's
2: right? I mean, it's not an age thing; it's a it's right. a choice thing.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: You know. Guys, um, if, as you're listening to this, I, I, we we really want to push um, uh, and, and promote what Dan has pr- experienced and put down in print. Finding your way, and the
0: book Unstuck. What's the best way to go? Do you have a website to go to? Yeah, go to?
2: just down dot com. Okay. I mean, you can order Unstuck at at Amazon you know or uh, either book but you can come to my website or or com. either one. And
1: then uh, and then
2: authentic leadership. Yeah. That well com and danwebster.com will get you to the same website. Okay. Yeah, and uh that'll talk about, you know, the personal leadership summits and the speaking that I do and it has all that information.
1: And uh, listeners, as you I I want you to just to personally let you know, I I have gone through this with Dan. And it was a life. It was just life giving, life changing, incredibly encouraging, and enriching. And if you're interested, you know,
2: for all the listeners, Kurt really needed it. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He, everyone yeah, in this room so, knows that. We know that. Yeah, okay. so, you guys yeah. already knew that. I just, they were all praying. Yeah, yeah, long ago, yeah, and the yeah. Salter needs
1: to
0: go. But uh, actually, on episode number seventy-two, you talk about that. Uh, if you go back to our podcast, episode number seventy-two, you talk about that story. So.
1: Dan thanks well thank you for man coming. for
0: the opportunity to be with
2: you it's been we're great
0: it's, we're really we're grateful so uh, thanks for listening to this podcast this bonus edition with Dan Webster you can go to danwebster.com and get all these resources if you heard just a smidgen uh, of this or you heard this entire segment you thought man that is like t- trying to take a drink out of a fire hydrant buy the book and dissect that and get introspe- introspective and, uh, and start that process so again thanks for listening to Solid Steps Radio